Overby. And this is Autumn O'Dean. And we want to welcome you to the Raise Your Standards podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about something super exciting, what we promised you guys we would all talk about, and that is Autumn's job. So I don't actually know what Autumn really does for her job, but let me tell you what I do know. She works as a marketing manager at Google. And that's about all I know. I mean, she, I think, plans things, does a lot of logistics, but honestly, her job's just a huge blur in my mind. So today we are going to try to clear that up for you guys, clear that up for me, and, you know, figure all of this out together. So Autumn, uh, for my first question, could you just give us an overview of what does a marketing manager even do? Yeah, definitely. So I think there are many different types of marketing managers, just depending what industry you're in. So with Google, it is very tech focused. So I currently work on the industry moments team, which basically means that key events that happen throughout the year, whether it's CES, which is a big tech event, um, there's plenty of other huge events along the way. Google tries to partner with different Fortune 500 companies and companies across different organizations. So it could be CFO, so financial industry. It could be other marketers. It could be academia. Tons of different types of moments happen throughout the year. And so my role is to cultivate these programs that are reaching C. It could be CEOs, CFOs, but basically they are the C-level or B-level individuals across these organizations. So I work with sales on a daily basis to make sure we are approaching these clients in a way that makes sense. We don't want to just throw out a marketing event that won't actually resonate with these individuals. So my goal is to make sure that we are creating impactful events. And within that, more specifically, I work a lot on communication. So writing email copies, uh, making sure that we are getting enough individuals to attend the event, reaching out to make sure people know that the event is happening. And then after that, measuring the event, what was the impact? What could we have done better? What did we do really well? And make sure that we're continuing to improve every event for the future. Okay. So that is a lot of, that seems really cool. Um, So what I got is you work with Google's partners in different industries and companies to create programs for CMB level executives, but what exactly are CMB level executives? Uh, I know I asked you this a little bit ago, but I would love a refresher. Yeah, definitely. So CMB level executives would be, so you have your CEO, CFO, CMO. So those are all buzzwords for the leaders of companies. So chief executive officer, chief financial officer, chief marketing officer. So those are going to be the head of, um, for example, if you're working at a company, you might have your manager level, which would be B level. And they're typically their bosses will be directors, or then you get into like your vice president, and then you have your CEOs. So Currently, managers would kind of managers and directors would be under the B level bucket, um, and so typically these individuals are in their mid twenties to early thirties, and then the other executives would be probably more of like your forty age range, 
that doesn't necessarily mean someone in their 20s couldn't be doing that work, but just typically um, that's those individuals. So they've been in the industry for the C-level would be in the industry for at least probably 20 20 years or so where your B-levels are maybe the five to 10 year range. Okay. That's super cool. And also really, I think clears this idea of C to B level executives up in my mind. So I think that that was a really good high level overview of what you do, but to break it down a little bit more, could you give me sort of a day in your life? Yeah. So to break it down a little more, so we focus on a few different buckets daily. So you want to have execution, which would be focusing on what are you actually getting done today? What work are you doing? And then you have a bucket that would be focused on thought leadership. So it's really important that I have an idea of how are these individuals thinking and what's going on in their world. So that would be under the bucket of thought leadership. So Hannah actually introduced me to Morning Brew and they have uh, another newsletter called Marketing Brew. So this is a great resource for individuals who want to be on top of what's going on in the world without kind of giving, getting information overload. And it's actually really funny too. They update on just kind of pop culture stuff as well as trends that are going on marketing and finance and across a bunch of different industries. Um, so kind of like a fun version of the Wall Street Journal, I would say, would be a good, I don't know. I think that's relevant, right? For what Morning Brew is? Yeah. Yeah, no, I completely recommend Morning Brew. I absolutely adore them love them so much. I'm so glad Autumn signed up. Um, and it does yeah. give you, this is not a promote, we're not paid by Morning Brew. No. <laughs> I wish we were. Um, but no, um, they do just give a really high level overview of what's going on in markets and business and tech and marketing. Mm-hmm. And then they have sub newsletters if you want to dive deeper into one of the topics. So they have a tech yeah. newsletter as well as a marketing newsletter that Autumn mentioned. Um, yeah, it's like yeah. fun Wall Street Journal takes 10 minutes to read. They have like cool quizzes every week. I really like it. Yeah. So anyways, wake up in the morning, I would say around 8.30 to 9, I check my emails, respond to things that need to be taken care of. Then around the 9 to 9.30 time range, I invest my time in this thought leadership type of work. So I read newsletters, um, other things that help me just understand what's going on in the world at that time. And then I would say another 20% of my day would be meeting. So typically I have three meetings in a day, which is not bad nearly compared to what I was used to at my old position. Um, So about three, I would say probably two hours of meetings a day. And then the other portion of my time will be the execution part of actually getting my work done. So that will consist of either researching out different events that are going on in the industry um, writing these communications that go to these executives, um, or it could be discussing or meeting with sales or planning work. So I would say that would be kind of a overview of my day. And I also definitely take time to make sure that I have recharge time. So either 30 minutes to an hour to just eat lunch, take Maisie out and just spend some time having that downtime because I think to in the office it was so easy because our lunch and yes at Google you get free food and I very much miss that but 
there was always someone to pull me away from the desk and be like, Hey, let's go grab lunch or go grab free coffee or let's go ride the G bikes, the Google bikes, and just go for a nice bike ride around campus. So that's not the case anymore. So if you have any recommendations of what to do over lunchtime, let me know. (laughs) No, I think that that um, for everyone is so hard right now, just figuring out what to do throughout your day when you don't have those little extra social interactions. Uh, I know I, especially being a super social person, miss that so much about my job where you could just get lunch with a coworker or go for a walk or, you know, talk with somebody about something that's not your job for a little bit or not directly important. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know about you, but like, I felt like those things motivated me to do my job better and to work harder. Completely. I would completely agree. And it was always, I love collaboration. I think that's something I'm missing during this time. Yes, I can still collaborate, but there's not this five-minute interaction of like, hey, deskmate, do you mind looking this over? What do you think? And then getting quick advice and then doing your work. Or, hey, I'm super stressed about this. And then they recommend, oh, have you checked out this resource yet? No, I haven't. Oh my gosh, thanks so much. And those little quick interactions don't happen as much. Um, And Or even I would bring Maisie to work with me because you can bring dogs to work at Google. And I would just have people come over and be like, oh my gosh, your dog is so cute. Can I pet her? And just those little five minute, two minute interactions with people, I, I really miss. Um, and they had a massage chair that I used to be able to work from. I know it sounds so extra and it is so extra, but I miss it. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to this. We have different <laughs> jobs, man. I was like grabbing desk chairs from like storage closets and you're like, oh, I just have a massage chair. I know. And they had to speak easy too at the building in San Francisco. So I never got to go to it. I'm really bummed, but you could knock on the door and then you go in and to speak easy. They serve drinks and a bunch of different things and uh, love daydreaming about it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm just speechless. Like the things I miss about my job are not that we had a speakeasy. It's just that I could ask my coworker, you know, for advice and like bug them every couple minutes. I was really excited. My um, I got funding for my Jolly Ranchers on my desk for a while, so that was really that was a big deal for my job. But not speakeasy level stuff. So everyone listening, this is why you should work at Google. You get massage chairs and speakeasies, and they Um, they had gyms too, which I I miss working out doing they had yoga classes you could do and seriously they had everything like literally everything it was great okay but I know we're kind of making this at least for now sound like it's all like super fun and you know all fun and games right but my next question um I just want to like sort of switch that aspect in your mind so what is the most challenging part of your job I would say maybe less of my actual day-to-day tasks and more just imposter syndrome. So as you can imagine, everyone at Google is smart, driven, seems very on top of it, knows what they're doing. You never have to guess if someone's going to do their work. They're always going to do their work, which I think has been incredible just being in an environment of like-minded individuals. But it's also super intimidating because I did not go to a super cool Ivy League school. Yes, U of M is great. Go Gophers. But Also, people went to Stanford, they went to Cornell, Columbia, Duke, all of these really cool places and were top of their class. And so often I forget 
like, Hey, I have a purpose being here. And I think that would just be a word of encouragement to others is you have your job or you're at the school for a reason and don't let those negative thoughts of, Oh, can I be here? Am I smart enough? Am I good enough? Am I qualified? Yes, you are. You're there for a reason. And even if you're not there yet, don't shy away from applying to jobs. It might seem like a stretch, but I think that's just something I deal with on a daily basis. Otherwise, Google can be kind of all over the place. So just in terms of organization, I would say I tend to be one of the more organized people. So it can be stressful dealing with someone who is super, super smart, has amazing ideas, but it can just be hard when they might not be able to organize their thoughts in a way that I can act on. So uh, just taking time to be patient with people too and recognize different working styles, I think is a challenge, but something you're going to find in any industry and job. No, I think that's so true. And that's even something I've noticed with you and me, where is I'm not very organized. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And you, you always have bullet points, you have lists, you have dates, you have calendars, (laughs) and I need all of that. I'm just like, I think this is a fun idea. (laughs) I live out of my calendar, guys. I live out of my calendar. Um, and now I have my personal Google calendar shared with my work Google calendar. So they overlap, um, which has actually been super helpful because then I never miss an appointment or something that is personal. Um, and yeah, so I do that with calendars. my, um, Google calendars as well, where I have my work calendar and then overlapping with my personal calendar. So that way you just yeah. glance at it and you see everything, but if you want to, you know, remove, work or remove personal for the day, that's an option. I don't know about you, but I share um, my personal Google calendar with my family as well. And my mom, and I think my brother shares theirs with me. So if I'm wanting to call them or if I'm wondering what they're up to, I can just like click on their calendar and be like, oh, my mom's, you know, like free for a couple hours. I'll call her now or something. Yeah. Yeah. Me and, uh, or my boyfriend and I, I should say, I, he created a Google calendar for me. I think he already had it, but, but now we share it so he can see mine and I can see his. So we can see like, oh, if you're in a meeting or if you're doing something, I'm not going to bug you. Um, so that's been that's been helpful in creating that sort of boundaries, I guess, for us. Oh, for sure. I think any type of relational, I don't know, like relational organization is so undervalued. But like when you wind up, you know, dating somebody or being friends with somebody, you are having to balance both like your relationship and other aspects of your life and having something there to be like, Hey, just, you know, don't call me, don't whatever. That's so much nicer than you telling them, Oh, I'm in a meeting or Mm -hmm. don't call me. And like having that happen repeatedly, then they can just check. And it's like, okay, no big deal. Um, they're just working. It's not that they don't love exactly. It's not whatever. Yeah. Also, I feel like I ask people multiple times otherwise, and people live out of the calendar at Google. So, you know, hey, don't bug someone if they have this block on their calendar. So, yeah, they're helpful. Love calendars. So I know we just touched on organization, which I think is a really big skill. But what other skills are necessary to do well at your job? So in the event world, I would say it is super important to be organized. As you mentioned, um, with that organization comes a level of project management. So being able to manage many priorities and also be able to mark, okay, these are more important priorities than this. And a lot of that has to do with 
dates that things happen. For example, if we have a communication going out on Tuesday and another communication going out on Friday, obviously it's going to be important to focus on the Tuesday one before you can focus on the Friday one. Um, so something I do every day is write down my list of daily priorities and I do a list of work priorities and personal priorities and then I rank them in terms of most important to least important. So if I need to send an email to a sales executive before I can start reaching out to or start an email to clients, that's going to be more important to do first. Um, so I think I'm just very structured is a good word. So very structured. Um, and then so project management um, also having a level of flexibility is super important too. And I think that's something I'm working on because I tend to be very structured and, oh, this needs to get done this day. But sometimes, and most of the time, things come up from upper management where they change deadlines and they'll change events. And you just have to be willing to know, oh, okay, I spent this amount of time working on this communication, but now we're going to scrap that and do something totally different and just know, okay, it's not personal, but plans change and being able to roll with the punches. Uh, also being able to communicate with many different types of people. Uh, there's so many individuals from all over the globe you work with at Google. So whether that's India, um, Asia, Europe, there's all over the place, um, New York, West Coast. So just being able to either check their calendars to see when their working hours are or being able to schedule time in your day and plan ahead. So their workday will be almost ending when you're starting your workday. So if you need something done from them, you just have to make sure to plan that out accordingly. And also I have been called the culture champion of my team. So just being able to have fun, plan fun events, Googliness is a big thing, which basically just means displaying the culture of Google well and not taking yourself too seriously. People at Google really enjoyed having coffee chats. So just catching up, getting to know one another. And I think just creating that good environment is really important. Okay. So I want to circle back to something you were just talking about, which is you working with all these different people in different places in the world and also different offices. Mm -hmm. So yep. that is completely different than, you know, my job where I am what one of two full-time employees in my lab. And if I need anything, it's from somebody who is physically in my lab. There may be five people. I ask for stuff, maybe a couple more if you count IT, right? And we're mm -hmm. all located in this one little blip in California. That's not too big. Um, so how do you even begin to know who to ask for what? And <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing because this happens every day. So half of my job is tracking down, okay, I'm exaggerating, but half of my job is tracking down who knows the answer to this question. I kid you not, sometimes you have to go through four people who you'll reach out to this person, person A. Person A is like, I don't know, I haven't worked on that in a year. Try this person. Person B, oh, I don't know, that's actually in a different industry or sorry, different department reach out to person C. Person C is like, oh, that person, oh, this person, person D on my team is actually the person who runs that and answers your one question. 
So I could you not, this happens all the freaking time. And it gets really frustrating because I used to work at a startup where I would just walk over to the desk of the person who knows exactly what I'm working on and can answer my question. Uh, so being able to, oh, this is a good one, being proactive. So being proactive is super important in any job, but especially at Google, because you have to be willing to not just wait around because if you wait around for something to come to you or for someone to answer your question, it's going to take you over a week and then some. So just tracking people down, being willing to know that your question might not get answered right away and it might take a couple days too. Some people are really good at responding to emails. Other people take a while. So I would say that could be a frustrating part of the job. Yeah, I can see that being frustrating, but also a good part of the job that you need is you need to not only be organized, but also be proactive and going after what you really want, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, is I think important in every job. I was told when I got my job even, and again, we were completely different jobs, but always be sort of action oriented where yes. the best default yep. thing you can be doing is not sitting around, but it is asking a question or saying you don't know and trying to find out answers as opposed to just sort of not doing anything. Um, so yeah. I think, you, and, that, oh, sorry. Oh, I was going to say, I was going to say with that too. Um, so if you're working, so this is why I prioritize my work. So if I'm working on my first priority and I need to ask a question to someone to get that priority done, that doesn't mean I'm sitting around doing nothing. That means I move on to priority two and start working on whatever I can do until that person me. And I think what I've seen uh, that a lot of people have maybe just in life, if they're kind of sitting around and waiting for that to happen until that question gets answered, that's going to frustrate a lot of people because then you're not what, to your point, being action oriented and using your time to the best of your ability. So just a quick tip for those people. (laughs) When you were saying that, that actually made me think of college and classes. And I think this might be helpful for people for how to think Mm -hmm. about this, where if you ever were working on homework for one class and you got stuck, you could always email your professor, but then just switch to working on a different class. At least that's, I don't know what you guys did. That's what I did um, whenever I got stuck because I'm like, okay, I have A, B, C, D classes. I really need to study for Mm -hmm. my final for A, but if I get tired or if I come into a snag, I I can always go on to B, C, D. Um, Yep. And I think that's pretty similar to what you were saying about. Mm -hmm. Being efficient and using your time to your best of your ability. So I think you've done a really good job of explaining what a marketing manager does and specifically what you do and sort of some key aspects of your job. Uh, So the next question I have is what would, like, how would someone become a marketing manager and actually wind up getting your job if they wanted to, you know, be like you? Yeah, great question. So definitely getting your bachelor's degree is the first step. So I actually went to school for communication studies, not for marketing. And the funny thing was, is while I was at school, I thought about doing marketing and I was just like, well, I still want to graduate on time. I was paying for my school and I wanted to make sure I was saving money. So I talked to a counselor at school and she said, not just because you go for a certain major doesn't guarantee you a certain job. It's on you to really reach out and get those skills and a huge part of... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to briefly interrupt. And to attest to this, Autumn and I did have the same major and we wound up in in completely different jobs. 
great, great call out. Yeah. Uh, so with that, I would say just being proactive and doing informational interviews. So I think that's why Hannah and I wanted to do this because it will hopefully help you guys in some way, shape and form. But with that, I just reached out to tons of people. So my aunt did marketing, actually studied communications at the U. We have very similar personalities. Her job sounded really cool to me. She introduced me to other people at Medtronic where she was working at the time. I did informational interviews with them and just reaching out to people. If you're even slightly interested in their job, it would be great to just have a 20 minute conversation with them. And I think there's something unique about 20 minute meetings of it's a little longer than 15 minutes. You'll get into a little more depth, but 30 minutes can kind of get to the point where that's a chunk of someone's day. And this was some advice given to me of just reaching out, cold emailing them or reaching out on LinkedIn but having a connection is always really beneficial. So if you're like, hey, I'm interested in graphic design, reaching out to someone and saying, so like for me, for example, I don't do graphic design, but I know a handful of people who do. So I could connect you with those individuals. Yeah, Hannah. Oh, I was just going to uh, say, I completely agree with the 20 minute interview or not interview, a 20 minute coffee thing saying how great that yeah. is. Um, in college, I got the opportunity to TA classes for freshman students. And part of that was I got to sit down with them once or twice a semester, depending on when I taught and talk with them. Like, how is living in your dorm going? How's your major? Mm -hmm. How's, you know, just life as a freshman student. And I realized through that 20 minutes is the perfect amount of time where even for my students that really didn't want to be there and didn't have much to say, you can still carry on a conversation and it's not going to get to the point where it's weird. But also for all the students who had a lot to mm -hmm. say and who had a lot of questions, it was enough time for me to be able to really answer those questions and give them the information they needed without having it take up too much of my day. Totally. So 20-minute meetings, people. Uh, <laughs> and then also, so getting your bachelor's degree would be important. So you could do, you could do marketing. You could even probably do like HR I think someone in marketing I work with now studied data management or something. Um, there's so many different aspects of marketing. So there are a handful of things. But if you are super interested in it, I would say marketing or communication studies would be two of the best degrees. After that, I got experience. So well, actually during college, I got experience working at the student newspaper. So newspapers are a great place that I found a lot of people now at Google worked at their student newspaper. So... Uh, reaching out to just take on email copywriting. Uh, it could be social media management is a great skill. Um, and this could start really small too. You could just ask someone who owns a business in the area, for example, a jewelry store or something, say like, hey, do you need help growing your social media, getting those skills? You can learn everything on Google, LOL. Um, or YouTube is a great place to also learn what those skills. Google? Yeah, I know, right? Not promoting it on purpose, but honestly, it is a great tool. Um, and then after that, I worked at a startup. And guys, I just sent out my application or resume on LinkedIn to 50 different companies. Now, looking back on it, that wasn't the best way to do it because I think the best way to do it is really hone in. What are the things I love to do? What are my strengths? And how can this be beneficial for the business I'm planning to apply to. So spending time to really think about this ahead of time before just applying to a bunch of jobs. I think that's a mistake a lot of individuals post-college or graduating from college make are just 
applying to whatever to just get a job. You don't want just a job. You want to think about why you're the best fit for this job and what strengths you're bringing. And so then after that experience, so I got the job at the startup, started as a marketing intern, and then moved into marketing coordinator. And then after a marketing coordinator position at the startup, moved to search marketing coordinator at Google. From the search marketing coordinator position, moved to marketing manager. So I guess to summarize, it would be bachelor's degree, some sort of job in college that will get you marketing experience, get a marketing internship. Internship will hopefully lead to some sort of full-time job opportunity, which is normally a coordinator position or associate, and then from associate to manager or coordinator to manager. I like that very linear sort of bullet pointed Mm -hmm. way to become a marketing manager. Hopefully that's, you know, really helpful. And hopefully you guys at least get something out of this where do feel free to cold email people. No, if you're not a marketing manager yet, it's okay. There are steps to be there. You're not falling behind. Um, Do try Mm -hmm. things, do get internships, all of that good stuff. So I have one more question for you, Autumn, before I'm done with, you know, our informational interview about your job. And I've been really curious, why do you like your job? Okay. Well, the easy answer would be it's Google and working at Google was just phenomenal. There are so many different types of people coming together. My old, my boss had, um, previous boss was, she had family from India or yeah, she grew up in India. And then my other girl I worked closely with was from Italy Another team member was from India. Another person was from the East Coast, New York, had people from Florida now, just honestly all over the place. And I love having diverse backgrounds and just learning about people from different cultures. So that's been super great. And Google had amazing perks. So getting free food every day, I was steps away from the barista that would make you anything you wanted. So oat milk latte, soy latte, unlimited anything. They had a socked fridge, so you could grab and go food, got salads homemade. But um, bringing Macy to work was also super great. And then work from home life, I think, has been a little harder just having those perks as much. But I would say everyone at Google is super driven. So people want to be there. They're brilliant, uh, know what they're doing and are also super helpful and human. And so I had a really bad allergic reaction last week um, and found out I'm allergic to milk, sad face. Um, It's okay. But anyways, my whole team sent me a card. So they made me a card and then my boss is sending me something in the mail. It's just so sweet because it's like, not only do they see me as an employee, but they see me as a team member and a person who they enjoy having on the team. And I just feel very appreciated being there. So those are the quick reasons I would say. I I love that last one because one of the things I try to, you know, live by is do hard work, but don't do lonely work. And I think, you know, you seem to be doing both hard work and, you know, social, not lonely work, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. And actually one of the books that I was talking about on the books podcast, Designing Your Life focuses on that. It's called flow. So when you're in flow, you are doing challenging work, but it's super fun and you're losing track of time. And I would say podcasting too has been 
really fun with that because I, I feel like it's so fun and we enjoy it and it's meaningful. And there's a lot of aspects of my job now that I get that same kind of flow feeling and brings me joy. Oh, well, I'm glad. So do you have any clothing, closing, uh, I cannot talk closing thoughts. Otherwise that was a really sweet way to, I think, end the podcast for today. Yeah. I would say if anyone wants to just learn more, reach out to me, you can set up 20 minute meeting with me, whatever works for your schedule. My email is autumn.odine at gmail.com. So please feel free to reach out. I love offering any sort of career advice. I've had I don't know, three people reach out recently. One of them got a job. Well, I was help not I wouldn't say I helped. No, I helped him. I gave him some career advice and it was all him too. He got his own job, but directing him and steps. I had other people reach out about agencies they're interested in working for. So to summarize, don't hesitate to reach out. I'm more than willing to help anyone. Um and yeah, I feel like this was super fun. So yeah, this thanks was super for taking fun. the time to interview me. <laughs> oh, of course. I'm so glad I actually know what your job is now and what you do. It yeah. was, like I said, just sometimes confusing to me. Um, yeah. But with that, thank you all for listening. We are literally delighted and just love that you tune in and listen to us. It like it brings us so much joy that you would take mm-hmm. a couple, you know, like half an hour, an hour out of your day um, every couple of weeks to just listen to us talk. It's wild to us or wild to me. I don't know. Autumn's like used it's to it. She's a... She's now a star. Uh, So with that, uh, if you want to get more content from us or message us or reach out or just see how we live our normal lives, um, you can follow us at Raise Your Standards Podcast or on our personal Instagram at Hannah underscore Overby or at Autumn underscore Odine. And with that, um, have a great rest of your day, everybody. (laughs) Bye.